Welcome to Gunner Trash episode 340, I think. <laughs> Alistair and Adolf. My name is Eric. And I am Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. How about you? I'm alright. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. C plus. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's a passing grade. Yes, it is. Actually, you know what? B minus. Hmm. Nice job. Thanks. <laughs> you, you get the smiley face sticker on, on your name tag. Yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's, um. <laughs> well, this is off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of, has it been a while since we've done this? Yeah. Just a week? Just, just. Or the, two weeks? Yeah. Or whatever. Okay. Nor- normal amount of time. Okay. Okay. We, well, we've then. seen each other regularly since. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, all right. <laughs> uh, Alistair Nadoff? Alistair Nadoff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I honestly, I don't know why, but I swear to God, I honestly thought that this was going to be like, like... A buddy comedy? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, like I thought it was kind of going to be like goofy for some reason. All right. Like, I don't know why. I hadn't read anything about it to suggest that and like, certainly the cover doesn't suggest it but but i mean also the cover i mean it's drawn by michael a von omen and he's got a very cartoony style sure and uh and so like cartoony you never can tell if it's going to be serious or not that's what i love about cartoony that's why cartoonists are the worst comic artists <laughs> no, <they're> the best <laughs> but i look at it and i'm like this could be a weird dark humor kind of thing sure i, I guess i mean I'll admit the title definitely does not do that any favors. Yeah, exactly. Like if it was called like if it had a subtitle that was, you know Right. Like, you know Or even if it was like their last name is Crowley and Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like, Well, that's probably not gonna be much fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it almost sounds like a cartoon. It does. Yeah, it Alistair like and it's definitely like a Milo and Otis. Yeah, or exactly. Like oh, me they get of. lost on their adventure across <laughs> Europe. <laughs> They just keep hopping into like strangers' flatbed trucks and <laughs> eating popsicles to stay alive. It's adorable. <laughs> but no, it's not that. It is definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a uh, um, fictionalized account, sort of, of. Things that may or may not have happened. Right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like based on reality and it's also based on things that people have surmised yes. that yeah. may or may not be true. Right. Uh, but, but it is, uh, uh, historical, uh, in its basis and it is about, uh, Aleister Crowley and Adolf Hitler. Yeah. A little more leaning towards the Aleister Crowley right. uh, part. Yeah. In fact, earlier today I was kind of going through the book and I, like, Adolf Hitler is not necessarily a character in this book. Right. He's a presence. Right. And, but like, I think he appears on panel maybe two or three times. Like in a dream sequence or something. Like yeah. Like a hallucination or something. So. And the cover. And the cover, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely, uh, he, he is more sort of the boogeyman. Right. Uh, than anything else in this story. 
but but Aleister Crowley is uh, out there. Yeah, and and in in full force, <laughs> the beast. Yes, the beast. <laughs> you know, you know what's kind of strange is about a week before uh, you picked this, I was reading a book by Chuck Klosterman called I Wear the Black Hat. Yes. And it's just about all the different villains in the world. Sure. From, from everyone to Lars Ulrich to uh, Adolf Hitler. History's greatest monster. <laughs> Lars Ulrich, right? not, not Adolf Hitler. Right. <laughs> um, Actually, that's not true. Nick Spencer, writer of Captain America, is history's greatest monster. <laughs> of course. Hail Hydra. Right. But he, but Klosterman actually had this, not a chapter, but like a little five page section about Hitler and, and Aleister Crowley, which the main thing I learned that kind of blew my mind is that it's actually pronounced Crowley, which I didn't know that. I did not either. But he said, fucking Ozzy Osbourne. Exactly. That's what Chuck Klosterman said. He was like, he's like, I've, he's like, he's like, I still continue to this day to call him Aleister Crowley because of the Ozzy Osbourne song. He said, but, it was mispronounced. It's, it's actually Crowley. <laughs> and I looked it up to verify, and he, he is right. Huh. So it is Crowley, which I did not know until about a week ago. Wow. Because everybody says Crowley. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ozzy says it, well, so sure. everyone just follows he's, Ozzy. He's, you know, our prominent uh, historian on the subject. I mean, if Ozzy is nothing but a great speaker, if you can't <laughs> listen to his words and understand them and, you know, reiterate them, <laughs> then who can you listen to? <laughs> but, uh... But he said that um, Aleister Crowley, towards the end of his life, actually claimed to have inspired Mein Kampf because he said he sent a young Adolf Hitler a copy of his The Book of Law or yeah. Book of the Law, and uh, and like supposedly that most people don't think that actually ever happened, and he was just you know saying shit like he always said shit. Sure, but but that that was interesting that he brought up those two. Uh, like the week before we, the week before we did this. Yeah. Well, that that, that is uh, that's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, and the book sort of hints that there actually is a history between uh, Hitler and, and Curly. I'm gonna try to pronounce it. Correctly. I know it's hard for me to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, not not entirely relevant, but but similar. Uh, the the fictional uh, DC Comics character John Constantine. Yeah, that is not how that is pronounced. Yeah. It is Constantine. Yeah, I have been reading that comic for twenty some years, maybe longer. Never going to pronounce it that way. Yeah, it's John Constantine. Yeah, <laughs> it's just how you hear it in your head. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, but anyway, uh, or or. Slightly more relevant, Travis Cherist. Yeah, right? Is, that is not how you pronounce right. his name. It's like Travis Cherist or something. Yep. yep. Not going to happen. Why, why isn't everybody just from America? It would just be know, so much right? easier. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, God knows how Douglas <laughs> Rushkoff or Michael Avon Oming actually pronounce their names. <laughs> right? It's Michelle. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. You never know. I don't know either. I don't even know how to pronounce my name anymore. Like, I don't trust it, but it's real. <laughs> you know, I have a friend who's actually of German descent, and she was in her 30s, and she was at a party, and she was talking to a lady who was German. And she said, she, you know, she's like, oh, what's, you know, she's like, oh, I've got, you know, some German heritage. She's like, oh, what's your last name? She says, England. And she goes, oh, you mean England? And she said, oh, no, it's it's pronounced England. And 
and uh, she like spelled it out for you. Right. She's, like, she's like, "Oh yeah, that's a German name, but it's it's always been pronounced Ingline." Yeah. And so she said, "She's like, I just found out thirty years into my life that I've been mispronouncing my own name." You know, there's uh, when you when you, I mean, I'm assuming her parents are you know born and raised in America, right? Yeah. So they probably also pronounce it the way she's yeah, been pronouncing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, at that point, that's the way that name is pronounced. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, there was like a little part of her though that was just kind of well, like, sure. Huh. Yeah. Uh, like like in my own family, uh, like we have actually two variations of my last name, uh, but they're also totally not spelled the same, like at all. Oh yeah. Like, just, like, this weird small fraction of our family kept, like, our original Swedish name. Huh. And, and so there's, like, you know, three or four of them out there that still go by that last name. Weird. Uh, but, but, you know, we're all part of the same family here. <laughs> that is weird. But it's, pr- it's but, but it's spelled and pronounced completely differently. So That's you know. strange, yeah. yeah. That's weird. Uh... But uh, anyway, that's that's completely off topic. Oh, hey. No, yeah. it all relates to Mr. Crowley. Crowley. I don't know. For Things... some reason, that, that feels okay to me. Yeah. Crowley. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. That's what it looks like. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll have a problem adjusting that. Yeah. Uh, I was... also found, like, found out that Adolf's last name is pronounced Hitler. <laughs> it's not Hitler, like everybody says. It's Hitler. So from now on, that's how I'm going to pronounce right, it. Okay. If only Ozzy had written a song about it. Mr. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sure Gigi Allen has written a song about Hitler. Oh, I'm sure he yeah, has. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> at least at least his brother Merle has. He has the same mustache. So. <laughs> Weird. I was just talking about G.G. Allen the other day. Yeah. yeah. It's a very memorable guy. Sure. Sometimes I like to, to ask uh, W.G.G.D. Oh, yeah. Or what would W.G.G.D. What would G.G. do? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to know what G.G. would do. It's not a good answer. Yeah, it would always yeah. S- smell bad and make people leave the room. Yep. Whatever he does. <laughs> it's not always the same thing, but it has the same results. Um, so, anywho. It's Alistair and Adolf. Alistair and Adolf, yeah, written by uh, Douglas Rushkoff, or Rushkoff, I don't know. And uh, Michael A. Von Oming uh, drew it. Uh, it is, uh, so, so I have always been fascinated by history, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I've always been fascinated by magic. And, uh, I am a, uh, graphic artist by, uh, choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this book has everything that appeals to me. Right. That's true. Cause it kind of starts out in the nineties yep. when a graphic designer is basically, uh, his task is to incorporate all of the logos from their company's history into like web designs or yep. something like that. I think that's basically it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but they're not acting right. Uh, they keep just moving about on the page, which, uh, corrupted. Yeah, I'm pretty sure is not a thing that could actually happen if you're, uh, designing a web site. But, unless uh, they're magical sigils. Unless they are, but, uh, is it sigils or sigils? 
<laughs> let's let's ride this trend some more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Sigil. Yeah. yeah. I think so. <clears throat> um. Uh. So yeah. So he gets uh, uh sent to uh to a guy who can explain why the logos are are moving about. Uh, and explain why they are wrong. Yeah. And his bosses don't, don't send him there. It's like some, like, elevator operator, or no, file clerk or something. Like a really old guy that he kind of knows. He's like, kind of, he's kind of squirreled away in the basement, but he knows the secret history of this corporation. So he's kind of an interesting character right off the bat. Yeah. Plus he has a claw hand. Well, sure. And I was like, oh wow, he's Wolverine. He's short and he has a claw. His name is Mr. Stubbs. That's a cool name. Yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, he he gets sent to uh, to a guy who uh, apparently used to work for this company. Maybe he was even in charge of it. I'm not sure. Uh, but but uh, he he no longer works there. Most everybody thinks that he's actually dead. Yeah. Uh, but he is not. Uh, he's he's uh, an old man in his 80s, and he is on his deathbed. <clears throat> and so this character Hugh. Uh, Get sent there uh, to find out what's happening, and uh, and and the, the old man tells him the story that that is the rest of this book. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those kind of things where it starts in one setting, and the majority of the book is in a different time with a different character. Right. So you kind of like I actually really love that when you get lost in that read you know, that story in the middle of the book. Yeah, and you forget that. There is a bookend where right. you're, you're like going back to another place. I actually always love that when that happens. I'm okay with it. It's got to be pulled off well. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's what I mean. I love it when it actually happens where I forget. Like if I if I'm remembering that it's a flashback, right. I don't I don't think it works well. But when the story is so engaging, which I think this one was, um, <clears throat> I forget that I'm actually that's not the setting of the story. I think that could also be jarring though. Like if you do forget and then suddenly. Like you know, on your next page, you're su- you're suddenly forty years in the future, right? Yeah, you're just like wait, what? Yeah, oh yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. It could be a little jarring. Uh, There's a lot about this book that's a little jarring. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so this guy, I think his name is uh, Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's like a, a wartime photographer, something like that, a military photographer. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, General Patent, uh, Patton, excuse me, uh, uh, sends him on a, uh, secret mission, uh, because, uh, Adolf Hitler has secured the Spear of Destiny, uh, which is the, the spear that, uh, allegedly pierced the side of Christ, uh, on, uh, the, uh, on the cross. I was thinking that was a Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> See, where I first learned of it was a storyline in, uh, The Spectre. Oh really? By John Ostrander and uh, Tom Mandrake. Wow. Uh, and and that's how I learned uh, what it was. And apparently Hitler did have uh, have this thing. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, in the DC continuity, it was uh, the reason why the JSA could not uh, fight in the war uh, because uh, Spil- uh, Hitler had the the spear. Wow. It prevented superheroes from from fighting him. Huh. Well, that's that's well written, nerd. <laughs> that was you calling yourself. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um. 
So yeah, so so Hitler has the the spear of destiny, and and it has sort of a history where people who have uh, possessed it have basically been able to take over the world, and the moment that they lose possession of it, they uh, are defeated. Mm-hmm. And so Patton sends this guy to uh, help, uh, or he, he to to recruit someone to help uh, steal the spear. Uh, because even though uh, nobody in the, the U.S. military believes any of this, as long as Hitler believes it, they can use that against him. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about the power of, uh, you know, like confidence and belief. It yes. is, you know, yeah. they don't necessarily believe it's power, but it's, it represents something that would inspire. It's a symbol, if yeah. you will. Or, yeah. <laughs> Which exactly. is a major recurring theme throughout this book. Oh, yeah. Uh,. And so the, the, the man that uh, Roberts is sent to recruit is Alistair Crowley, the Beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not from the X-Men. No, no. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they tied that in somehow. Like, like Alistair Crowley is actually uh, Hank McCoy, same, same guy. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, and so it's basically from there where, where the, the most, the majority of the story is, uh, Roberts being involved with, uh, Crowley and his, uh, group. Like, yeah, kind of, at first he's kind of trying to secretly infiltrate. Right. You know, but Crowley's kind of wise to him. Yeah. He knows something's going on. And, uh, and then he, he gets, uh, pulled in, uh, pretty deeply. Yeah. <laughs> deeply is a good, uh, <laughs> Good word for some of the things that happen. He's uh, he's he. Roberts becomes privy to some of Crowley's uh, sex magic rituals, yep. which I guess he was really into. Oh yeah, like you know, you can uh, charge a sigil by basically coming on top of it. Yep. Um, which that must mean oh yeah, that must mean like you know the Wendy's napkins that I always use are gonna be. Like, that Wendy's logo is powerful. Only if you were thinking about something specific while uh, doing that. It's usually, yeah. Was it Wendy herself? It's Wendy. I mean, she's already on the napkin. Right. You know, I'm already in the Wendy's bathroom. You know. I think that just means that someday. They're going to they're gonna rule the world. Well, I think someday <laughs> Wendy herself is going to just emerge in front of you. Wow. Yep. Wow. I can't wait. <laughs> And probably murder you. You're right. Yeah. Man, that's powerful <laughs> imagery. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, so he's really into that. And Robert sees some of that stuff and ends up getting entangled yep. himself. Um, he's on drugs and experiencing some of these things and he doesn't know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, but he's all part, he's a part of it. He is indeed. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, Ian Fleming is also there. Uh, the, the creator of James Bond himself. Yeah. And the guy that James, James Bond is based on. Yep. yep. Max or something. Or no. Oh no. It was the guy that M is based on. That's, That's who right. it was. That's right, yeah. yeah. Maxwell some, yeah. somebody. Cause I, I want to say that Fleming based Bond mostly on himself. Oh really? Cause he was a giant egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of a horrible person. Really? Yeah. Um, and also, uh, <laughs> the, the comedy podcast, uh, Super Ego, 
one of the the cast members of that show, Matt Gorley, does a uh, Ian Fleming impression. Uh, that is the only thing I could hear uh, every time Ian Fleming <laughs> appeared in this book. Oh, I was saying, I wish I was familiar with that before I read that. <laughs> added, it would have added a layer. It would have indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so yeah so basically, uh, Roberts is there to recruit Crowley to help retrieve the Spear of Destiny. Uh, Crowley does not believe in it. Uh, believes that uh, it is uh, uh, symbols that are are the main power behind Hitler, right. including the swastika, mm-hmm. which. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things he mentions about the swastika in this book that are like, well, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 because originally it's like a Buddhist symbol of life, right. and the Nazis turned it into, you know, just the symbol of fascism and, and the Holocaust and all that. Right. And, and no one will ever associate it with anything oh, yeah. else again. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, that, that did take some power to do that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And uh, by by Crowley's estimation, you know, the deaths of millions of Jews, you know, charged the symbol. Yep, yeah. is what what charged it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, and so so Crowley's goal is to basically create a uh, uh, a symbol to combat the swastika, mm-hmm. which which uh, you know. He does a couple different variations, yeah. And uh, I don't know if the the source of this is true, but apparently Crowley created the uh, thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty great. If he did, if, if he did, that that is also yeah, because because I use the thumbs up a lot. <laughs> so does like people in Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, sure, yeah, you know what I mean. But like, I mean, it's. it's like, <laughs> It's such a happy, like, cute, quaint thing now. It is, yeah. Uh, but, like, I mean, like, seriously, like, you know, I don't talk to people. Like, I talk to you and maybe, like, two other people. Right. And and so whenever I can get away without ever saying a word, like, you know, and just, like, you know, hey, I approve of this thing. I give a yeah, thumbs up. right. All the time. Right. <laughs> and so now I'm just always going to associate that with me. <laughs> Performing some sort of anti-Nazi magic ritual. Right. Yeah. Which I'm totally okay with. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because fuck Nazis. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. They're not great. Nope. They're pretty terrible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Understatement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? Like, who doesn't <laughs> know that, though, that's listening, you know? Uh, Nazis. Well, they don't listen to our show. Neo-Nazis. <laughs> the quote-unquote alt-right. Yeah. Which are Nazis. But they're not listening. Hopefully not. No. That reminds me. Do you think, what, what would have, what would happen if Donald Trump bought the Spear of Destiny and put it in the White House? Holy fuck. Well, A, Donald Trump is not moving into the White House. That's true. Uh, but holy shit, what if, what if that is a thing he does? I could, I could see him buying that. I could too. Yeah. And, and knowing how st- Stupid people are, because I guess it's now in a museum somewhere. Yeah. Which, hey, why isn't that museum uh, just uh, rulers of the world? All right. Well, they don't own it. They're procuring it for well, the people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I could see some idiot at that museum saying, sure, 
Yeah, that's a good publicity for the museum. Right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that is scary. Um, the world is burning. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, this was... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know... How they chose the timing uh, uh, to release this book? Yeah, but man, did it fall at an ironic time? Yeah, right. Where it's just like the sigils that are charging the new millennia are are that are gonna send people in their various directions. Um, n- not a lot of them good. Yeah, it ends like pretty scarily. Uh-huh. Um, <clears> uh huh. Yeah, it, it seems like it's kind of kind of. Uh, <laughs> We're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, because, I mean, you know, whether you read this book as as you know a pure work of fiction or or you know heavily based in historical you know content, uh, I mean, there are a lot of points raised in this thing that you know definitely reflects on today, right? Just how how we are and right. what we're letting happen. Yeah. And even, uh, the, the, the character that the story is being told to, uh, Hugh, uh, you know, it's pointed out towards the end of the book that he has you know, a whole bunch of tattoos and he's like, you know, well, some of them are ironic and he has like an ironic swastika right. like, tattooed on himself. And I mean, to me, that's, I mean, I could be totally reading this wrong, but it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, hey, let's laugh at this thing and we're like totally weaken it so yeah. that. Right. You know, it doesn't have its power anymore. It, well, yeah, but at the same time, you know, it also, when the, the subject of, of that symbol sort of, you know, gains power again, it's like, oh, we've been laughing at this thing for so long and here it is and it's horrifying. Yeah. Right. You know, so, so we've. It's like Robert said. He said, "Do you think the swastika cares if it's ironic or not?" Right. He said, "It's still there, and exactly. you know, it's it has a power because you put it there." Yep. <clears throat> uh, and also, I'm I'm gonna make a major complaint right now. Oh. Is it that I've been farting? Huh? Is it that I've been farting? No, I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> um. It has no relevance to the story. Other than, you know, sort of does reflect a little bit on the, the ironic use of, of fascism. Uh, but, but, uh, my complaint about it is, is not even to do with that. Uh, Hugh apparently is in a band <laughs> called the Schwastaskas. Yeah. I kind of like the name of that band. Sure. But they're an industrial band? No, fuck you. If you're gonna, Go to the trouble of doing that. You better goddamn well be a ska band. Well, maybe there is industrial ska band. There <laughs> wasn't. They have like they don't they don't use real horns. They use a Casio that has like a horn programmed in. <laughs> and and you know that part of the story takes place in 1995, fully during the uh, the third ska wave revival of ska. Right, that's true. Trust me, I know you were there. <laughs> Yeah. You were skanking with the best of them. I was indeed. Luke Skywalker <laughs> was my band. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Because we were idiots. You know, there was a Scob of the Hut from Dayton as well. Oh, yeah? yeah. yeah. 
I would not be surprised if that's probably how we got the name. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> you played with them or something? We did not, but, you know, know I'm sure the the, the, the leader of, of my band probably did with his other ska band, right. his, his more prominent ska band, the Krusty Watch Guys. <laughs> but no, if you're called the Swastikas, Swastikas. You're a Scott, right? Man. You're not a Nostril or Goth like his friend thinks. Right. Maybe he didn't even know what a Scott was, that guy. A lot of those people are in that into that, that music scene in the nineties were just That's pretty clueless. True. And so that just makes me like that guy even more. <laughs> or even less. <laughs> yeah. Just like him. Yeah, he seems there. he seems kind of unlikable, really. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh and and that actually does kind of lead into like the one negative thing that I do have to say about this book. Uh there's no real connection. Yeah. Because uh, cause it's a story being told by an old man on his deathbed to a kid who generally doesn't seem to care. Yeah, and uh, we don't seem to care about that kid. Right, yeah. And so it's it's kind of cold. Like, like there's yeah. no, like, personal right. connection, I think, to this story. And I think that's kind of, like, the one place where it, it kind of fails. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Like, I didn't really think about that. But it, it seems to be more like a... More like a cautionary tale or a horror, yeah. like a like a comment on society, and I, I feel like they were less interested in in making a character you can really connect with as more like just to scare you. I, I mean, I get that, but you know, I mean, uh, it might have worked better though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely a, a character guy, right? You know, there, there should. I mean, we, we are kind of seeing things through the eyes of Roberts uh, in the beginning when when he is basically just sort of like new and fresh to it all but then as he becomes more and more entangled into it you know he becomes less likable yeah and and obviously Alistair Crowley not very likable either right and and uh the the girl I can't remember her name uh Daphne she's a Daphne? girl Daphne was yeah. it Daphne I guess so whatever it's a girl it just they don't matter that's you know that I've, I've read that uh Crowley had kind of a opinion like that of women yeah you know yeah surprisingly that it was misogynistic <laughs> i am shocked yeah right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and what was the deal with that guy he was like a poet ma- magician in air quotes yeah. uh um he just kind of wanted to advocate using your own will and not a, not conforming to society rules and yeah pretty much just kind of pushing boundaries like do you think he, he was, was he was the gg allen of his generation i honestly think if he was alive today he'd have a reality show oh you know absolutely I mean? and yeah. it would just be like terrible oh yeah and people would love it uh-huh you know uh although you know he also maybe seems well i don't know just just from his characterization in this book you know he would either yes would have that terrible reality show and, and just soak up all the attention oh yeah he would love it you know or he would just be totally against it you know because it's like well fuck that you know like everybody has their own reality show now right. like oh, i want to be different and crazy and well he would just want to have the best craziest well sure yeah, that's sure. probably what he would because uh, he seems like an attention whore oh absolutely yeah uh but you know i think he would he would also maybe try to find a new way to be an attention right. whore rather than just yeah. TV. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because he was like, he was a mountain climber. He like did expeditions in the mountains. Uh, what else did he do? I, I saw a lot of pictures. He was very like, he was 
He was always posing in weird garments. Yeah. Like, like, he, like, he looks like he was in metal bands and, uh, you know. Maybe that's what he would be. He would be in a black metal band. Yeah. That's, yeah, that seems so trite for him, too. Like, I'd, I could you see know, him as a, he would be a pop star. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, in reality, we sort of have Grant Morrison for that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's uh, like the lighter side of Alistair Crowley yeah, style. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he does the whole sex magic bald right. guy thing, but he does it in much of much more likable fashion. Absolutely, and and uh, much more entertaining. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have listened to like years and years ago. A friend of mine had an Alistair Crowley CD. It was like his like m- music. Okay. And it was it was like imagine the worst John Zorn CD you've ever bought. I've never bought a John Zorn CD. Oh, good for you. No, actually, <laughs> actually, it's funny because now that I say that, I realize John Zorn did a CD that was based on Aleister Crowley's music. But some of John Zorn's CDs are actually really good. But finding that is like, you know. <laughs> Who the hell is John Zorn? He was a New York jazz musician, a Jewish musician. And he's I'm sure he's put out at least 300 CDs since the 70s. That's insane. And some so, of, so just a little under Bob Pollard. Like yeah, that. like he's no, he's no Pollard. But some of them are really good, like Jewish chamber music, and then some of them are like, you, you, it's like someone's like, "Hey, here's an instrument, record an album, go," you know, <laughs> and like it's, you know, sometimes happy experiments, I and mean, usually it's just like, "Oh, that's just a bunch of crap," right. and it's artsy crap. But, but he did an album that was like all based on Alistair Crowley's music, and Alistair Crowley's music is just weird and. Not in a like, wow, that's weird and interesting way. And right. like, I can't even tell what's happening. It's just boring and right. like, there's no structure. Like, he's saying something, but you can't even understand it. And he's performing some sort of magic ritual. <laughs> probably, he probably he uh, cursed me, but just by listening, right? To yeah, or, or or changed your life in some way that that you can't even fathom. Wow. Well, since my life is like the best it could possibly <laughs> ever be, good job, Alistair. <laughs> Maybe I should listen to some of his music, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the most I really know about Crowley is, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he did the, uh, you know, uh, his, his sort of religion, you know, in quotes, uh, was, uh, Thelema. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know he wrote a couple of, like, the books of law and, uh, oh, man, some other stuff. But, like, you know, yeah, a lot of diary, diary of a, Crack fiend or dope fiend or something. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't yeah. crack fiend. No, it was, it was like not crack. Crack was invented event. by the CIA <laughs> in the seventies like or eighties. That's another thing too about like <laughs> about Aleister Crowley is everything that I've ever seen or read about him, like it blows my mind that he was still alive in the forties. Right. Like, like this is something actually that uh, Chuck Klosterman mentioned in his book that he said he's like he's like I he's like I always pictured him, you know he's like. There's, he's like, I can't believe there's photos of Aleister Crowley. He said, it seems like there should only be paintings and that he should have lived in the whatever time that... Like the 1700s? Well, he said whatever time that the Dungeons and Dragons was set in. <laughs> like, that's that's where he should have lived. And I, I tend to agree. It's like, I, I think... He does very much seem like a man out of time. Yeah. yeah. The first time I saw a photo of him, I was like, whoa, really? There's photos of this guy? I think, yeah, the, before I knew anything about him and just, like, heard of him, like, yeah, I just assumed he was, like, some sort of, like, yeah, Victorian era, like, you know, right. crazy guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and and uh, he doesn't get mentioned in the book except I think there's like uh, there's a sketch section in the back. Of, oh, that's uh, really cool. Omen sort of process pages and stuff like that. But he has a a, a page where he drew uh, Jack Parsons, hmm. uh, who who does not get mentioned at all in, in the 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 story itself. So I don't know if that part was like excised or not. Because why would he do a sketch of that guy right. who doesn't show up? Um, but but uh, dear listener, uh, check out uh, the podcast called The Dollop, which uh, we have mentioned numerous times, and find the episode on Jack Parsons, because it is fucking insane. Really? Yeah. We've You listened to it. Which one is Jack Parsons? Jack Parsons was the guy who uh, basically helped invent rocket science. Okay. And founded the uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Okay. And also was the American uh, arm of uh, Crowley's uh, sex cult uh, here in America, okay. uh, in California. I was thinking, for some reason I was thinking Jack Parsons was like... A- a talk show host or no, something. No, no, no. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a, uh, a fake scientist because he never had, uh, any kind of official education, but he did because he liked to blow shit up. He <laughs> basically invented, uh, rocket scientists, uh, or rocket science and also, uh, yeah, had a, had a, had a sex cult. Right. That, Why that not? Crowley was, uh, approved of, uh, until he didn't. <laughs> And uh, also, L. Ron Hubbard got involved. Well, that makes sense. Yes. Find that, listen to it, laugh your ass off, and just think that, fuck, that happened. Oh, that's such a great podcast. Oh, it Why is. are you listening to this one right now? Seriously. When you could be listening to that one. <laughs> uh, because on the, the dollop, they will never talk about uh, how fucking amazing Michael Avon Omen is. That's true. He's incredible. Uh, like, I've always enjoyed his artwork. Uh, you know, I've been a big fan of Powers for years. And, mm. uh, you know, just whenever he does, like, weird one-off projects, they're usually all pretty enjoyable, you know. Uh, I've never seen him do the stuff that he does in this book. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause there are three art styles that he uses throughout this book. Uh, like in the, the 1995 sections, uh, and it is all unmistakably his artwork. Yeah. Uh, but like in, in the 95 sections, like it's very, I would say almost technical. And there's like a lot of, uh, like tone and, and uh, or like, uh, zip a tone right. and, and, and duo shading and, and very sort of, uh, I don't want to say traditional comic. It, yeah, it kind of has like a but, modern noir kind of look to it. Yeah, yeah, but but like you know he, like I don't know, like like you don't see a lot of people lately anymore do like you know half tone patterns and right. and, and, and zip a tone, uh, and then you know the rest of it, you know, takes place in the past, uh, and when it's all. Like, you know, normal stuff, it's, it's just done very clean lined, you know, stark black and white noir. And then when, when shit gets into the, uh, Doctor Strange realm of things, <laughs> uh, like, you know, he throws in, like, you know, washes and, and, and crazy psychedelic patterns oh, yeah. and, like, just like panelless border, borderless pages right, where everything's yeah. bleeding into each other and, and just, just swirling and, and, uh, uh, just craziness. 
And, and like, there are certain pages where, and I think I've said this a couple times recently, where, like, I look at them, it's like, I cannot think of the mindset that you would have to be in to be able to draw that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff he does that there's, like, some, some like, very shadowy buildings and things where all you see are the the little white lines that connect the buildings and everything else is like black and yeah. you know, you know what's going on, but there's just so much that it's such a minimal, uh, style and it is kind of mind blowing in its simplicity. It I don't know. Pretty fantastic. It, I haven't read a lot by him, but this is definitely my favorite thing I've seen by him. Most, probably mostly because I think his artwork really shines in black and white like that. Oh, it absolutely does. And, and I, definitely would agree this is my favorite thing i've ever I've read by him for mm-hmm. sure no. uh like it definitely just does stuff in it that he's either never been able to do in like any of his other projects uh and maybe the subject matter too is just fascinating mm-hmm. you know like i'm just mostly fascinated by this whole book yeah yeah it's 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 bizarre uh but yeah, like like I would definitely recommend it to to anyone who uh, you know has an interest in, in any of the the things that I mentioned earlier, right? Or you know uh, if you you just fear for the world that's uh, coming, <laughs> right? You know uh, it's all happened before. How our, this new technological age will be the death of us all. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump is going to murder us all with his Twitter account. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yep. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah, and, and uh, if for whatever reason you're just like, well, I don't want to read a book about Hitler. I mean, he is he has a presence, but he is barely in it. Yeah, it's more yeah. about like the the team like working against him exactly. and just everything yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Even the crazy old sex stuff that the Beast is doing. Yep. And if you've ever wanted to see a lot of old man dick, <laughs> there it is. Yep. <laughs> and good for him. You know, sure. He's still getting out there. Right. Making it happen. He's by far more more than I'm doing. V for victory. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Or whatever else it stood for. Sure, it could not have stood for much of anything else. I don't. Yeah, think. there's another V words that Alistair Crowley was really into. Right? Vampires? No. Uh, Volvos. Oh, you're getting close. Uh, Volkswagen, because he was against Ger- Germany, right? Velociraptors. Val Kilmer. Valerie Harper. <laughs> it was something like that. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's really it interesting. really is. Uh, yeah, like, like I don't... I don't know that I could say that this was a great comic, mm-hmm. but it's definitely fascinating and, and yeah. well worth a read. Fascinating and beautiful and, and yeah. like eyebrow raising. You're like, did that really happen? Is right. this really happening now? You know, <laughs> right. Like, so yeah, it, it does make you think a little bit. Yep. Uh, yeah. I've, uh, I don't know much about Douglas Rushkoff 
other than he wrote the comic Testament uh, oh, from yeah. Vertigo like a couple years ago. And, and I enjoyed what I read of that. But, but apparently, according to his bio, he's, he's done a whole lot of other stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never, I'd not been familiar with him. I've seen Testament. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever read it though. Yeah. And, and Grant Morrison loves him apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. I'm sure. It's good company to have. It is good company to have. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. It also, it almost seems weird that, uh, after this, uh, Michael Avon Omen is just going to go back to powers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Although he's he's always got like six or seven other things that he's got going on. Yeah, I know. I've read. I know. I saw something else really good by him in the last year that wasn't Powers. Uh, was it Mouse Guard? Is that is that the one he does, mm. or is that there's like two Mice Warrior comics? Oh, Mice Templar. Mice Templar. Yeah, that's, that's him. the one I'm thinking of. There was something else though. I just remember seeing. I'm like, oh wow, he did that too. Like he's he's a busy dude. He is. Uh... I mean, you know, with, with Bendis, you know, he does Powers and he does uh, the United States of Murder, uh, both of which are severely delayed occasionally. Right. Oh, Cape Carson. He's currently working on that's, Cape Carson. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that he was doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> and that looks great, too. Yeah. He does a great job. He is a busy dude. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know what? He deserves it. He drew the first four issues of Powers in a uh, parking garage. Really? <laughs> like, What's that story? Uh, I mean, I don't know it for sure, but, uh, like he was working like as a night security guard. Wow. Uh, you know, when he was started drawing powers. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He drew the first four issues while he was, uh, working that job. That's really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Check it out. It's a Dark Horse original graphic Indeed. novel. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool size. It's like shorter than a comic. It's kind of like a mini comic size, maybe. Sort of. A little kinda. bit bigger than Minicom. Yeah, a little wider. Yeah. But um, it's got a nice feel to it. It does. Very good production. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, I bought this book on sale on Black Friday. Yeah. Appropriate. Yeah. The blackest. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know if it's worth the $20 cover price, but you yeah. got it for 40% off. It, right, so, so it was funny. definitely worth it for that. Yeah. Uh, if you can, if it eventually comes out on paperback, I would definitely recommend it then. Mm-hmm. Or uh, digitally, I'm sure it's it's out there. Uh, but but it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Indeed. Take a break. Sure. All right. Now let's yeah, got more to say about uh, Mr. Uh, <laughs> Crowley or Hitler. Um, if I had to choose one to hang out with, it would be Crowley. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't enjoy either yeah right exactly but you know yeah given the options yeah right
Hey, welcome back. Hey. What's happening? Not much. Heard you went on a date. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> I know I am. I was masturbating into a Wendy's napkin. That's hardly a date. No, that's a date. It's been my date for the last two years. Although, I do the Burger King. Oh, yeah. Just trying some stuff. <laughs> do you wear the crown? The paper crown? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you just like that flame-broiled smell. It's an aphrodisiac. You know, I can have it my way. <laughs> I know, it's so creepy that they allow you to do that. <laughs> oh. Oh. So which, uh, so his Wendy's the, the, the fast food mascot you'd go for if uh, you had the choice? I guess. I mean, I remember, I can still remember being a kid and like we, the first time I ever went to Wendy's was a, on a school field trip. And I just remember we went to, I mean, that wasn't our destination. We were like, we probably went to like, you know, some petting zoo or something and we stopped at a Wendy's on the way home. They're like, no, you can eat the cows that you, you know. And that's when little Jason became a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far after that. But I do remember like being like, this is a weird little place. And like I look over and I see like the, the mascot of Wendy and she's like my age. I'm like, oh, that seems very inviting. It's right, like, a nice little kid. You know, other than, you know, <laughs> as opposed to like the creepy clown and whatever the fuck Grimace was, you know. What is Grimace supposed to <laughs> Nobody be? knows. It's a fucking crazy, like he's like a transformer, you know, Transmogical mess, like projection of Ronald's bitter psyche or something. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he is. I mean, Grimace, fucking right? Grimace is right? his name. Like, look up a synonym for Grimace right? sometime. I mean, you know, cause, cause as kids, I mean, all that stuff is presented to us, like, you know, just, hey, wow, <laughs> right? stuff, you know. Sugary then, happiness. Yeah. And then you grow up and you're like, wait, Grimace means what? <laughs> And that character is it? Why? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> uh, suddenly the pirate and the hamburger just seem like okay dudes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, to, to keep it within the magical realm, uh, maybe Grimace is like some sort of uh, demon that uh, Ray Kroc, uh, like, exercise <laughs> just you know like like summoned to the earth to, to power oh you know the the uh the, the, oh, the golden wow. arches like he, what if he masturbated over the golden arches <laughs> i'm sure he did he had to have right you know he had to have i mean talk about powerful symbols right that everybody knows that has created a monster yeah yeah, yeah. and <laughs> not just the figurative grimace monster but like the monsters that are you know, people. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> that is that is some scary shit. Yep. Uh, I actually ate at McDonald's not too long ago for the. Really? It was yeah. Double it was cheeseburger. No, I had uh, I had I had two breakfast sandwiches at like seven a.m. because I was up yeah. and I was like driving somewhere and I was like, I'll try this and I hadn't like the only time I ever eat there is if I'm out of town and I'm like just you know traveling and right. But uh. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible, actually. Surprisingly, yeah. the breakfast. You know, uh, not not that I've I've going. I'm going vegetarian or anything like that. But but I have uh, recently, when when I go to McDonald's, especially for breakfast, you know, uh, which I try not to do often, but sometimes you know it's like five in the morning. It's the only thing that's open. Right. Uh, uh, I will order like an egg McMuffin without the uh, the meat. Yeah. 
uh, or or the egg white McMuffin, uh, and, and yeah, it's it's not awful, yeah. but like like honestly, like I like I mean I doubt that it's real meat anyway. Like <laughs> whatever it is that they serve, I'm sure there's like a just enough of it. <clears throat> Is real meat that they had to kill an animal, right? But then there's all this other shit that, right? Like it yeah. poisons you for no reason. But I, I find that like, uh, like I, I don't want to eat uh, whatever it is that they are representing as meat, <laughs> right? At, uh, at a McDonald's, maybe that's all, like just little slices of grimace. <laughs> He's like this giant monster that's bigger right. than a planet, and they just, you know, I mean, he does kind of look like. Uh, you know, like like uh, the meat that uh, you would find if you were to get like shawarma, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just sort of that that uh, you know Turkish, you know Greek kind of you know meat on a spit that, that kind of thing, undecipherable yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just shave pieces off of him as he turns. And yeah, and he smiles the whole time. <laughs> yep. He just with his evil smile. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a there's a McDonald's just down the road here from our studio. Yeah. And it uh when I was a kid, it was like literally twenty feet away from where it is now. Yeah. They like built one and destroyed the other one and at, for a brief like two day period there were two McDonalds side by side, which I took a photo of when I was a kid and sure. it was pretty awesome. But at the first one, the one that was there in the eighties, there was this this giant plastic tree in their lobby that you could push his nose and he would say things like it was like a character with like a face and a voice box and he had like you know 10 different phrases or whatever and you you know he was like on the way to the restroom so you'd pass him and you'd push a button and you know i'm sure one of them was like buy some cookies or whatever but but i just always thought it was a little a little odd and creepy like just the the way it looked like his features and everything a lot of stuff about mcdonald's is just odd and creepy it is yeah it is really weird (laughs) Uh. oh they had a mcdonald's story no i don't (laughs) i really don't i am just i've i've stopped oh okay (laughs) well you know like my battery had the same problem today it's cold outside it's sure it's hard to it's hard to get things going. Yeah, it is indeed. It's December now. It is December now. And then luckily, uh, I mean, it's been cold, but not terribly cold. Right. Luckily, very minimal snow so far. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. If I had to be thankful for anything. Yeah. It's pretty much the only things I have <laughs> to be thankful for at this point. Because <laughs> everything else is terrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm trying to, trying to, I haven't read any other comics other than this. Um, I haven't either. Um, I read, what did I read this week? Did I read anything new this week? I don't think so. I've been reading old comics a lot. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I've read anything like kind of stellar recently, but it's mostly just been like, Stuff that makes me drift off to sleep, you know, and just right. something old that I'm like, oh, yeah, this nice little weird Spider-Man comic from the 80s or something. Yeah. yeah. Just whatever. Uh, you know, uh, well, since uh, the last time we recorded a show, uh, as, as apparently per tradition, uh, there was a comic show. Oh, yeah. 
There's a lot of them around here. There are. Yeah, and and we seem to go to the majority of yeah. them. Yeah, well, like I either want to exhibit there as a creator, right. I have to work there as a retailer, or I want to go there as a customer. Right. So one way or another, I'm going to be there yeah. if I can. Usually, I'm just there as a customer. Mm. And boy, did I custom. <laughs> you custom This last one. You totally custom I totally did. Luckily, I was like, okay, I'm setting the budget. I'm sticking to that budget. And I kept it. No. Oh, but, nice. man, did I spend as much of it as possible. <laughs> right, down to the wire. Yep, yep. Uh... But yeah, I think I spent something like sixty dollars, wow. which, which is quite a bit for me for mm-hmm. for a comic show. Uh, and and none of it was anything that I was actually looking for. Oh wow! <laughs> Just like impulse buys, mostly. Yeah, mm-hmm. she so bought DC's impulse. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rebought it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I think I still have quite a few of those somewhere. Yeah. Um. But no, like, you know, I mean, we, we, we both have lists of stuff that oh, we're yeah. constantly looking for. Got one in my pocket right now. Yeah. Carry it everywhere I go. Uh, I've got mine on the internet when I carry that wherever I go. <laughs> Fancy. When it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, like, like, I don't know if I was just not feeling the whole, I'm going to specifically look for these things, you know, uh, thing, you know, then. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a lot of it was just like, well, everything's so fucking disorganized that, you know, there's really no point to trying to look for specific things. Uh, but I just wound up buying a bunch of random shit. Like, like, I bought like five, five dollar trades. Uh, and then, yeah, just, just a shit ton of, uh, dollar books and 50 cent books. Those are the best. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff I don't feel bad about buying stuff I don't know that I'm looking for. Right. Like, if it's like 50 cents, I'm like, whatever, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, you know, who cares? Right. I probably would have bought more. Uh, there was one table. I think it was actually, uh, Bill from Fearless Readers. Mm-hmm. I think it was his stack that I was looking at. Uh, that, uh, I probably would have bought like $20 worth of stuff more than I already did buy there. Uh, but, like, he didn't have complete runs of things. Oh, yeah. Like, like it was all just kind of random. But, like, I found, like, issues two through five of, like, Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything. <laughs> right. But, like, he didn't have issue one. Nobody ever has the number ones. When I'm, I find, like, not that series specifically, but right, yeah. you look through those boxes and you see <clears throat> two through four of everything. Yep, yep. Like, everybody, like, I get that some number ones are worth something, but not people, people, not all of them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's like number one of, a ongoing series that's been around a while, or it's a major character, not like number one of a freaking mini series. Exactly. Just because yeah. it's like a Vertigo mini series. Right. Like, quit pulling those number ones, people. <laughs> we just want to read them. We don't want to invest in number ones. Right. That's why we're in the dollar boxes. Yeah. Uh, Stupid. Uh, I did find a, a Mockingbird number one in a dollar box, and I bought that there. Yes. Yeah. And it was a variant on top of it. Oh, that's kind of cool. Because uh, cause I'd been looking for that for a while. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, just bought a bunch of random stuff. And, like, I bought, uh, to make you happy, I, I bought, uh, the original Rob Liefeld uh, Huck and Dove miniseries nice. for 50 cents each. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's worth, you know, what, the 250 for yeah. all five issues? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, not bad. I bought a, 
a discounted Wally Wood hardcover for five bucks. Yeah. It was like a collection of a bunch of his old sci-fi illustrations and gray wash kind of, you know, artwork. Man, it was beautiful. Wally Wood's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, at that same table, like, I, I looked to see if they had anything and there was a couple things I had my eye on, but like, and, and you know, like, like we've had this discussion before about like damaged books, uh, cause that's the, what the Wally Wood yeah. one was. Yeah. Uh, but like it was, it was bare minimal damage. Oh yeah. I put a piece of packing tape over the back of it and right. you can't even tell. Yeah. It just looks like there's a shiny spot now. Right. Uh, but, but some of the ones I was looking at, like were actually really damaged. Oh yeah. Like, like to the point where it's like, I'm, I'm, this is too much. Right. Yeah. Like, like half the spine was like bent back yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, but I was eyeing, they had the art of, uh, the Masters of the Universe book for like 20 bucks. Oh wow. I think it's like a $50 book you yeah. know, normally. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but they were, they were pretty bad as far as the damage on them goes. Uh, my friend Joe found me a pretty sweet thing. Oh. Uh, uh, we were going through the 50 cent box where I bought the Hawk and Doves and, uh, they had a run of, uh, Paul Grist's cane. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I have them all like in trade. Uh, but I, I mean, you never see them. Yeah. yeah, You never see the, the single issues anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is a neat oddity. You know, yeah. I own all these. I'm not going to buy them, but hey, cool. You know, uh, and then I walked away and then I guess Joe looked through it after I left and there was a autographed print, uh, by Paul Grist in there that, that was 50 cents. That's pretty cool. So yeah. I got a Paul Grist autograph. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah. I got, I commissioned a Rob Liefeld light switch cover. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a lady selling, uh, she like takes comic covers and mod podges them to light switch covers and cut okay. and exactos out like the spot where, and she, I was like, do you have any Rob Liefeld ones? And she was like, no. And I was like, and I, I was looking through this dollar box, uh, while I was talking to her because it was like right next to her table. And, uh, and I just happened upon some young buds and I pulled it out of number one. And I said, if I buy this, will you take it home and make one? <laughs> And she said, sure, because she's at all, she's at all the shows. Right. She's always there. And, uh, she said, sure. So I gave her a Young Blood number one and she said, next Jim and Dan show, she'll have my, my Young Blood light switch cover for me. I mean, can you hold out the four months or so? <laughs> I think one? so. <laughs> well, I actually talked to her once about it at a previous Jim and Dan show. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, if you, if you run across one, you know, if you, you know, if you want to make one, I'll, I'm always at these shows. I was like, right. I'll buy it. She's like, okay. And, you know, she just said she hadn't seen one since. Right. And I was like, well, there you go. There's one. What if, uh, what if she accidentally sells that one before it <laughs> uh, gets to you? Uh, well, I already paid for it. Okay. So she, yeah. you know, she took my name and, you know, okay. she'll remember. Right. I hope it works out for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, which, uh, just a dealer's choice, whatever she's going to use. Well, her. she's like, what characters do you like? And I was like, well, I like them all. I said, but Shatter, Shatter, or, yeah. I started to say Shatterstar. Yeah. Um, that's not a young blood character. No, I was Come like, on. I was like any of them on the cover. And she's like, well, I could probably get like two or three of them. I'll just like place it somewhere where I can right. get them all. I was like, I was like, that's cool. Is she yeah. going to place the, uh, the actual light switch crotch level to anyone? You know, I say so like flicking shaft stick. I, I said something about that. And uh, I was like, I was like, some of these are like dangerously close, you know, cause she had some of them. And she said that the, when she first started doing it, she accidentally did one that was like, <laughs> the light switch was like right over like Captain America's crotch and she didn't even notice. It right. just happened to be where she cut out the frame, the picture. And she said she was like, 
She's like, oh, shit, I can't believe I did that. Nobody's going to buy it. And she said it was, like, the first one she sold. Of course it was. And she said, she's like, but I'm not going to, she's like, I, that's not what I want to sell, so I'm right. not going to make those like that on purpose. So <laughs> I respected that, you know. I, I do respect that. Yeah. yeah. Like, she still sold it, but right. she's not going to make a, no, that's that's my career. Right, Light yeah, switch yeah. dicks. Yeah. Switchdicks.com. <laughs> you know somebody else's idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I would not recommend going to switchdicks.com. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, dot .ca maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> the dot .com is fucking scary. I had to tell those people never again. <laughs> Take me off your spam list. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to February. That's the next show. I'll get my black well, That's not too far off. I thought yeah. it was like every four months. Um, I think this one is February. Oh, I think I think... They had already scheduled this one okay. or whatever, but I think I think this year it's like yeah, it's quarterly and it's every three months, so that that makes sense because it was the end of November. So well, I guess that was technically at the end of well, no, it was, it was the beginning of December. Really? Well, this one's the end of February. Oh, okay. so there you go. Right, that's right, how right. they that's how they got away with it. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, now that I know that in advance, I may try to get a table there. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's the last Sunday in February. Uh, yeah, I usually have nothing to do any days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, then you should do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so I have uh, a giant stack of uh, new comics that I'll never read. Yeah, maybe you'll pick one for the show. Maybe I will. Like I said, I bought a bunch of trades, mm-hmm. so I'm sure some of them are... Yeah, and if I can ever find uh, the first issue of Bebop and Rap City, uh, destroy everything, maybe that'll be a yeah, future pick. I'd, I'd read that. Um, I bought some cheap books at the Jim and Dan show that I would pick as a, uh, as a future pick, but I'm missing the number ones. <laughs> of course. So, yeah. so if I ever find those in cheap boxes, I'll. <laughs> uh, so, so what would you pick though? Uh, had you your druthers? Oh, to pick for next for, month? For the next uh, episode. Oh, I guess it is kind of that time, isn't it? Yeah. Well. Because I got nothing else to talk about. I would <laughs> I would definitely pick a comic book that's very seasonal. Okay. It's called Claws. Oh. By Grant Morrison and Dan Mora, I think is his I name. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I do not own this. Okay, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the weird thing. Um it was a seven issue miniseries, which I own all those, and there's a one shot that's like not really part of the series, but it, you know you kinda could read it as well. Okay. That comes out in like a week and a half. Okay. So maybe if we have time to read that as well. I would be down for that. Okay. If, if, cool. yeah, if it comes out in enough time. Yeah. Because cause I believe uh, the way our schedule is falling, uh, we will be recording that episode on Christmas. That's right. Yeah. All Hallows' Eve. <laughs> so look forward to that. Oh, uh, yeah. Ask Chris Kringle for a comfy seat so you can listen to the show. Sure. I mean, by the time the listener hears it, it'll be 2017. Oh, yeah. But, you know. Huh. Well, but we'll be recording but- it. On yeah, Christmas exactly. Day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should do like a live podcast oh, live. and have like, yeah. you know, like four people around with us. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Yep. <laughs> Most of mine. Why, why would we do that? 
Because who? Why would we have ever done that? Because I'm a <laughs> dumb, dumb man. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I like experimentation. I'm like Alistair Crowley. Sure. I'll, I'll do some mescaline and fuck a goat. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. As long as I can I mean, wipe that, up with a Wendy's napkin. That, that is all like visual stuff, and we are merely an audio podcast. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we can we post do like photos. A, like a, a special paid uh, episode. Oh yeah, where Jason fucks a goat. Yeah, on mescaline. Yeah, and you, you're the goat is on mescaline. I am straight as an arrow. Yep. Yeah, uh, nailed to the cross, baby. <laughs> Stretch for life. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Alrighty. So yeah, claws. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Santa the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Which I know. It's actually a different comic. Wasn't that, was that an actual comic? I remember it was a trading card enclosed in a copy of Wizard Magazine. I do remember that. I think there may have been like a one shot. Wow. I think so. That was Rob Liefeld's, right? I, I honestly can't remember. I honestly can't remember because I, I don't think I've seen that since the 90s. But I remember that card, so yeah, yeah. it struck me somehow. It was either Jim Lee or it was Rob Liefeld. I can't remember which. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I'm going to guess Rob Liefeld. If I don't remember it too well, I'm going to guess it was Jim Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It could have been either one. Uh, all right, then. Yeah. Well, if it is Rob Liefeld, you got another book to add to your <laughs> That's to, true. To list. That's, well, only if you drew the inside. I don't oh, buy yeah, just yeah. covers. I would go broke. Should, yeah. I'd yeah. go broke. I mean, I, if they were like ten cents each, I'd buy. I collect his covers. Yeah, but not even at a dollar each. I wouldn't. Yeah. There's just too many of them. Oh, yeah. Speaking of buying stuff, uh, you know that a particular artist does. You know, I think we we talked about it back when when he first passed away. But you know, it's like I'm, I'm now gonna go out and buy every Darwin Cook comic that that I can. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I screwed, uh, our friend poor Joe G out of, uh, a couple of Darwin cookbooks, uh, on, on, uh, last Sunday. Oh, really? Uh, when we were going through, uh, your, your neighbor's dollar books, mm-hmm. uh, there, there was a large section of Jonah Hex comics. Oh, there. yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, the two issues of, of, uh, Hex that, uh, that Darwin Cook drew were in there for a dollar each. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah! Yeah. And, Those uh, are great. And apparently, uh, our friend Joe G had already gone through that, looking for those, uh, specifically, and just passed over them completely. Really? Really? And, uh, so, like, I pulled him out and I was like, hey, yeah, and I showed it to him and he was like, fuck. <laughs> Fortune was smiling upon you. It does. Uh, this, the, Sadly, that is the only time. That, that was the pinnacle. That yep. was like your one. It was like, well, there's a Jonah Hex dollar comic. Yep. Done. Uh, although I did that to him uh, uh, a couple of Jim and Dan shows ago when uh, the uh, I found uh, the Spider-Man Tangled Web that oh, uh, yeah. he drew. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, yeah, kind of pulled that out from under Joe as well, so... Oh, after he gave you that uh, Paul Grist print, even? You're uh, not going to hook him up? He didn't give me the Paul Grist print at that point. Oh. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, from maybe from here forward. But I'll let him have the next Star Wars. Okay. There you go. That, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like when Stan Lee dies, I'm going to go buy all the books that that guy has Sure. Written. Yeah. You know, I was just bitching to myself the other day, as I do fairly often. <laughs> uh 
It is a fucking crime that uh, Jack Kirby's work is not readily available or affordable. Mm-hmm. Like like collected editions or, or oh, anything yeah. like that. Like the, like his New World stuff. Uh, just just any like his his like runs of things. Like obviously like you know, a hundred and so issues of Fantastic Four. I, you know I can give or take that. But like you know his, his shorter run stuff for sure. Yeah, you know that 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 you cannot just. Go and buy one for like fifteen twenty. Yeah, bucks. I know. Like the demon, I've kind of wanted to read that, but it's only like this forty dollars hardcover or something like that. If you're lucky, yeah, because it's actually like I looked on Amazon the other day. You can get a copy for maybe seventy five to one hundred. Right. Wow. Because yeah, yeah. they're all out of print, which yeah. is you know the other big part of the crime. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I guess DC is now going to be putting out a trade or hardcover of his superpowers stuff okay uh but you know like like come on what about his you know other <laughs> yeah. books here there's a, there's an idw artist edition of new gods coming out that looks awesome sure that, that is it's not affordable yeah, it's like 125 dollars <laughs> or something i'm really tempted though like i've like i haven't bought any of the kirby ones yet because i've i was like well you know that that looks cool but right. i'm not sure but that one just looks awesome yeah well i'm sure it does but you know yeah, affordable is is my key right. keyword. Yeah, there. right, right. Affordable and in print. Yeah, come on, guys. It's a fucking crime that you're not doing this. Yeah, maybe there's digital versions. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure there are, yeah. but you know, like I want to. Oh yeah, me too. I would I rather have the, something on my bookshelf. Paper. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll wipe. Wendy's napkin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I only have Chipotle napkins oh. here. Well, we'll start charging that sigil. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.